Welcome to Lowering the Rim. Ian, we are back, lowering the rim. We continue with the playoffs. I am so excited. <laughs> I am completely biased. <laughs> and I don't care. That's fine. Uh, we're talking the end of the round ones now, moving into round two. Ian, how are you doing? I am doing great, and I love your Warriors hat that you're wearing right now. It's very fitting as we celebrate what might have been one of the most amazing game seven performances we've ever seen. And Drew, last week, last Monday, when we were on here, we made predictions about what was going to happen in every series. And every single one of those predictions were right, except for the Bucks. How in the world did the Bucks get beat? We're going to save that topic for the end of the pod. We're going to bring on a diehard Bucks fan to explain to us what happened. But otherwise, all of our picks were correct, Drew. What can I say? We know ball. This isn't. This is for fun, and you know we're just like to joke, but we know ball. We've been lowering the rim since I don't know. We were five, maybe something like that. I mean, we were nerf for nothing. Laundry basket, laundry basket, gang, gang. You know, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I do know what you're talking about. We played basketball basically in every form that you could do it: nerf ball, laundry (laughs) basket. Throw it against a two by four next to the house. Pick a spot that equals the goal, and you got to get it inside <laughs> of there. Um, you know, church rent, league, carpet basketball at churches. Carpet basketball. You could not dive. Every form of basketball we played. participation okay. trophy basketball. <laughs> okay, before we dive into uh, recapping that epic Kings Warriors game seven, uh, what were some of your uh, highlights from round one. What are some of the things that kind of stuck out to you? Well, I think Warriors game seven. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the major highlights. Um, okay, I'm trying to think now. Oh well, you want me to? I can go first. Yeah, you actually, go ahead wrote, and start because wrote... most things kind of went to plan for me other than the like you had mentioned earlier heat box but okay well i wrote i wrote out a list of my actual quick recap of round one are you ready for it yeah Cavs needed love to beat the knicks whoops kevin love is in the second <laughs> round helping the heat beat the knicks oh and they let him go for nothing too. Yeah, oh, yeah, he, yeah. It was part of their strategy. They were yeah, he, uh, they were using love to get the rebounds and doing kind of those run out uh, transition uh, outlet passes. His little like two handed soccer pass from under the yeah. the backboard. He um, also was hitting timely threes in the fourth quarters as well. Yeah. So yeah, crazy that they got him on a buyout. Okay, my next one. I know. I know you agree with this one. Jimmy Butler is that guy. That's why they call him Hemi Butler, because he is him. <laughs> um, I wouldn't go that far. I would call him Little Hemi. <laughs> you know who Big Hemi is. He's Little Hemi. But yeah, still it, very, very incredible impressive. performance from Buckets. Yeah, very impressive. Okay, my other one is the Kings are who the Grizz think they are. 
You yeah. following me there? And yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's the, a great that's a great one. The Grizz I really think, like that one. The Grizz think that they're the, the team on the come up and they're not. It's actually the Kings. Kings yeah, look person- like Warriors 2.0. I agree, man. I think the Kings are just going to get better. They're going to make off-season moves. And the Grizzlies honestly look like they're on the way out to me. I don't think – I think we saw their best basketball. We might have. Their best might have been that uh, round two against the Warriors last year, which – Yeah, man. I, I think so. Okay, I'm not saying anything about the Warriors because we're going to do a whole segment on that. Um, Giannis rebranding from just do it to just do your best. <laughs> what we got to donut, but you've <laughs> okay. That's going to be a topic for our dive diehard bucks fan, Dave <laughs> later on. Okay. All right. Oh. Regular season does not matter. And you know how I know it doesn't matter because this is the first time in NBA history that in the second round, all eight seeds have a spot in the semifinals. Let me run through them for you real quick, Drew. Incredible. Number one seed, Nuggets. Number two seed, Celtics. Number three seed, Sixers. Number four seed, Suns. Number five seed, Knicks. Number six seed, Warriors. Number seven seed, Lakers. And number eight seed, Heat. The regular season does not matter. And you've been saying that for years now. We've been saying that for years. And you've got, you know, just to add a little nuance to that, you have these situations like Kawhi resting and he still got injured that didn't work out um you've got the warriors in the second round as a sixth seed with home court advantage it's it's just it's insane the regular season is a joke this is the only basketball almost worth watching other than like christmas day games sort of the special event games and and you know what it's the league's fault Hey, NBA, we don't want to watch 82 games of meaningless basketball. Why do you do that to the players, to the fans? They're just out there getting cardio or getting big numbers that get some of these guys big contracts, and then none of them can stay on the floor. Looney is the only big man who can stay on the floor in the playoffs. He makes like $7 million a year. <laughs> He's the 29th highest paid big man in the NBA. Okay, we're getting too far on the Warriors. Ian, what's All their right. solution to that, though? It's to add more games. That's what they're going to do. <laughs> you know what? Stupid. We need, we need an, a play-in tournament that no one really understands, and somehow it's it's supposed to help you with your – your regular season record? I don't know. We'll see. NBA, we'll see. it's really easy. 60 games or whatever, you know, something like it's that. It's 58. 58 is the magic number. You play every 58, twice. zero back-to-backs, and then just make some of these games more meaningful, like how your Christmas Day games are, you know, a big event. Just do that throughout the season. Yeah. There's a lot of things the NBA can do. If they ever want to contact lowering the rim, Here's just the contact thing too, my just, brother. real quick about that they complain because about we can't get rid of 82 because of money but they keep paying the players more and more and more money so there are ways to solve that i that's a ridiculous excuse yeah absolutely okay my last one because i showed the kings some love earlier with saying the kings are who the grizz think they are but here's a little slide on the kings we were reminded why the warriors let Harrison Barnes walk. He's oh. not that guy. <laughs> and you know what? He's a free agent this offseason, and I don't think the Kings bring him back. Yeah, that's probably one of the moves they'll make. And they're they're gonna get better for sure. Um tough, man. It's uh, tough for him. 
multiple games where he had big shots not going down. Yeah, and that was what game five he had a so it was so a lot happened since we last talked. He had we, one we, yesterday that would have been a big momentum shift. Yeah, he he had the the one you're referencing, I believe, was game. Five. That was game four, wasn't it? No, that was game five. Was the game five? Was that the Curry timeout game? Or no, you're right. It was game four because that was it. That was in uh, Chase Center when he he missed that shot. Wasn't yeah, that it? was the Curry timeout game. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Right. Anyways, Wait, let's yeah. let's let's talk about Game Seven because we're not even I'm not even worried about what happened in Game Four and Game Five because Game yeah. Seven just overshadowed the whole series. Yeah. Give me your what are your initial thoughts on that performance, and then I'm gonna just I'm gonna hit you with a barrage of stats that are gonna blow your mind about that Game Seven. But go ahead, give me what were your thoughts about that game? Did you expect it? Uh, what was running through your mind when you watched Curry put up 50 and beat the Kings by 20. Well, you know, the first half was um relatively tight, but during the first half, I was watching it with my friend, and we both noticed and called out, like we both verbally recognized that why is Steph Curry at the free throw line missing free throws, but smiling like Heath Ledger's Joker? And that's that's kind of the moment I realized this guy is just completely calm. He is in full control. Um, and then for me, the the nail in the coffin was that in between, I think it was Sabonis and maybe it was either Keegan Murphy or Trey Lyles. He squeezes in between both of them, goes parallel to the ground finger roll layup from like i don't know seven almost like a little past the free throw line drops in i'm like this they he is not gonna let them lose this guy is a sicko i couldn't believe it that was just when you think of greatness in sports that was greatness personified that game incredible breaks the record for most points in a game seven all time surpassing his former teammate Kevin Durant <laughs> could it get any sweeter um here's the other crazy thing that stood out to me he shot he had 38 shot attempts which is insane he never takes shots like that and i know warriors twitter especially shout outs to Sheridan blog has been calling for Steph to to Steph just have the ball. And even Daryl Morey a couple of years ago, I think, said the best offense in the league is Steph Curry shooting the ball every single time. Is that correct? I'm pretty sure Daryl Morey said that. Yeah, I think so. I think it was Daryl Morey. Somebody said that. I mean, it may have been one of us. I don't know. Is already an insane number. And then he did it on 53% uh, shooting, which is also just as insane. On top of that, Mr. Turnover King had one turnover off of 38 shots. I mean, this, you already know how I feel. He's top two all time. He's already surpassed LeBron, but that was just basketball like I haven't seen before. Incredible. Incredible. Nirvana, maybe? Ghost of MJ type stuff. 
Yeah. And what was crazy too, is the, the team wasn't that good. I mean, other than Looney, like Looney had a ridiculous amount of offensive rebounds, which helped them a ton. And they were solid defensively. Like they, they weren't making a ton of mistakes. I mean, they weren't throwing, they didn't have a ton of turnovers, seven turnovers total, which is their formula. If they have under 10, they win every single game. But otherwise, I mean, it wasn't like Wiggins had a great shooting night or Clay definitely Mm -hmm. didn't have a great shooting night, although he hit a back-breaking three-pointer right before the fourth where he got fouled on the play and hit it. Yeah, beautiful. I mean, it took him from being down or being up six to being up ten going in the fourth. Um, But, yeah, it it was crazy because it's the opposite of everything the Warriors are. Normally the Warriors are trying to play fast, but against the Kings they need to slow it down. Uh, normally the Warriors are kind of egalitarian with, you know, Hey, everybody like Kerr's always preaching the ball finds energy, you know, pass it around, kind of get everybody get touches. And this game was kind of the, uh, heliocentric, like, Nope, Curry's just going to have the ball in his hands the whole time. He's going to make all the decisions, uh, which typically I don't think works in the long haul, but it worked in this particular game. Um, but that's the style of basketball that like James Harden or LeBron James or Luka Doncic, they kind of play all the time. And it's what I love about the Warriors is they typically play, you know, a fast pace where they're passing around everybody. And that's what I like about the Kings, honestly, is because they play that way as well. But it's crazy that the Kings advantage is playing fast pace. So the Warriors had to slow it down. And at some point when games get tight, you just have to get the ball to your best player. And basically they just, use that strategy for a, a whole game seven, uh, which was unbelievable. But big shout out to Looney. I mean, the Kavan dude, Looney. What would we call him? Kavan Halajuwon or Moses Maloon game. Okay. A must win game three. They're down 2-0, 20 plus rebounds, a must win game five. They're what, what was this? The series is tied 2-2. Going back to Sacramento, 20 plus rebounds, an absolute must win game seven, or your season is done. Perhaps the dynasty is done. 20 plus rebounds. He tied the record for most rebounds, I believe, in a series in NBA history. Dude was, I mean, what what else can you say? That dude is, he's a warrior for life. We'll say that. He should never have to pay for anything in the Bay Area, ever. Maybe even we'll get a statue. Okay, so <laughs> I got I got a story to tell you. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but this uh, was a story that came out of Mar- uh, Marcus Thompson's article, and I think he, he paired with Sham Sharania as well. Um, have you heard about the speech that Curry gave after the film session? Okay, you have heard about this. So... Basically, Draymond Green was uh, prepared to give a speech and Curry said, no, let me handle this one. And apparently he led off with something about how, you know, normally I'm not that outspoken, um, but I want to let you all know if you're not interested in winning, don't get on the bus. But if you're interested in winning, get on the bus and I'll make sure that we win this game. And apparently is this huge motivating speech that, you know, Curry is a pretty like he, he's interesting because on the court, he's kind of like uh, 
super um, expressive in a silly way, you know, just dancing and kind of doing goofy stuff on the court. But as a leader, apparently he's not, um, he's not very expressive with his team. So this was kind of out of character for him to give a big pregame pep talk. And uh, I guess it works because man, the dude went, uh, as you said, he kind of went into psycho mode. Does so, it just it's not add does it just not add to the lore even more? He told his team basically, you guys trust me, I will go get this win. Exactly. And it is Boston game four from the finals last year all over again. The dude looked like the Kings looked so shook. They looked like they did not know what to do with him. Like he when I say he was in complete control. He just got to wherever he wanted. He was doing whatever he wanted, calling, you know, it didn't matter what uh, King was guarding him. It it was, I'm going to get to where I want to go. He sped up the pace when he wanted to. He slowed it down when he wanted to. It was, it reminded me of our old, what was that old NBA dunk video? Super slams of the NBA. Oh yeah. Highly recommend. This is a lowering the rim must watch super slams of the NBA. It's I on YouTube because you I have it. rewatched. Oh, it. you it's have on- watched. Okay. We watched it originally on VHS. I think Keegan and Caleb may still have the VHS, uh, but go ahead. What were you going to say on the, on super slams of the NBA? <clears throat> they interview players sporadically. And one of them is MJ. And he talks about how when a guy's guarding you, Sometimes it's like you can just play them like a puppet. You you control them even though they're guarding you. And that is exactly how I felt, especially in the second half, uh, watching Steph in that game. It was just mesmerizing. Couldn't take my eyes off it. Yeah, he was definitely in control. So let me give you some of these stats. These are pretty crazy. Okay, first of all, since you brought up MJ, um, Steph is the only other player alongside MJ who's 35 or older to score 200 points in a playoff series. There is nobody else. Top two, Um, baby. Top two. Here's some some of Steph's crazy stats from that playoff game. It was the most points scored in a game seven, which you mentioned, 50 points. Most points scored in an overtime period that he had. uh, He has 17 or this is what he has. Sorry, this isn't in the series. These are just some of his stats. He has the most points scored in a four-game sweep, 146, most fourth-quarter points ever in a series, 81, and tied for most points ever in a fourth quarter in the finals, 17. So this just added to a list of crazy stats where he's on the leaderboard. Um, Okay, how about this one? This is the most fourth quarter points in a playoff series ever um, by uh, Steph Curry in this series against Sacramento had 76. Um, Other people on the list are Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray, Shaquille O'Neal, and Gilbert Arenas. Uh, So he leads that one. And then last night, Steph Curry became the first player. By the way, we're recording this on a Monday at around 730-ish Eastern time. Last night, Steph Curry became the first player in NBA playoff history to record 20-plus points from three and 20-plus points in the paint in the same game. No other player 
has ever done that. And what's amazing about that is people oftentimes talk about how, oh, he's just like this three-point shooter. He can so score disrespectful. It. He can score at all levels. That's what's crazy. Yeah, that's so dis. It's the same when they say, "Oh, he's the greatest point guard of all time." They throw in that little caveat. So yeah. disrespectful. He yeah. is way more than that. Yeah. Okay. Last one here. Uh, circling it back to to the Jordan connection here. Kerr after the game said he he being Curry doesn't surprise me. We all take him for granted. And that's how I felt back in my playing days with Michael Jordan. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, sometimes you just got to trust your eyes. And I, I think that's, it's like people don't do that. They look at these, you know, random stats, but the eyes show you, the, the eyes tell you what is going on, what is happening, what's right in front of you. Um, It's just insane for him to be, 38 shots on like 52% is I I don't think people understand how insane that is. That means he basically never got tired after shooting that much and having I mean it was on ball stuff all game long. Just wild stuff. And then the other thing is he's people start to argue about how he's not clutch. How can you say that? After that game, game four in Boston, that game seven against the Rockets, the dude shows up when it's time to show up. They, What's their record now? They've had 28 series where they've won a road game. They had the worst road record in the league this year and won two road games to win that series. Again, to your point about the regular season does not matter. Oh, exactly. That, that what a wild game. The dude is just a sicko. It just <laughs> it just reminds me of the Heath Ledger Joker for some reason. How it's like the guy is not phased by anything. He just kind of has that weird smile on his face like you cannot shake me. And he creates chaos on the court. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Kings looked so in that third quarter, they looked like they were done. They looked so deflated. So here's another fun stat that's kind of a segue into the next series because this next series is huge. Warriors, Lakers, round two. Do you know that in the Kerr era, the Warriors have never lost a Western Conference playoff series? They've never lost one. That's insane. They've only lost in the finals, huh? They've only lost in the finals. Yeah. Now insane. they lost it. They lost in the play-in, but the play-in doesn't count as a playoff yeah. series. Yeah. So what are what are your thoughts going into uh this Lakers Warriors round two? I mean, this is what this is what the NBA had to want, right? I mean Oh, this Curry will be LeBron again. This this the might ratings. be better than the finals ratings for this year. I think it might pull more than the actual finals, depending on who gets in the finals. Um, it's definitely going to break the record for a second round series ratings wise. There's, I mean, there's, it's just, there's no way. It's both West Coast. It's, it's the two. I mean. Aren't they the two biggest franchises right now in the league, maybe other than the Knicks? Oh, yeah, 
for sure. The Warriors I mean, the are definitely evaluated. Well, the, at, at yeah, like, the Warriors are worth the most. Yeah, and and they are the most viewed, I believe. But then the Lakers, the Lakers are also, I think they're second on that list, like most valued and most viewed. Yeah, maybe they're, I mean, then, they're up maybe there. I don't. Yeah, I, I know. I know Warriors are number one, and Lakers are up there. I'm not. I'm not sure yeah. where they actually rank. Um, I think the Warriors have to be feeling good for uh, a couple reasons. They got really stuck in the last series, not being able to play Kaminga and DiVincenzo. Those two, especially DiVincenzo, are going to be able to play against the Lakers because DDV can be on um, like a D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves. Like those guys are not going to give him problems the way Monk and Fox were just playing him off the court. And then... As far as Kaminga, he's got the size and ability to one-on-one someone like LeBron, whereas, again, he was getting played off the court because he couldn't stay in front of guards, but LeBron's a bit older. Um, Kaminga, he's not as good on a team defense, but one-on-one defense, he I think he'll be, he'll be I don't want to say great, but he'll be tolerable where you can get guys rest, like, for example, Wiggins. Wiggins will probably be primary assignment on LeBron. But I think Kaminga can give Wiggins, a, you know, two and three minutes breaks here and there to cover LeBron. So that same with Moody, too, possibly. So their rotation to me looks like it'll be bigger in the Lakers yeah. series, which should help a lot. Um, yeah, and, now and the, they pro- almost. The, they're almost forced to do that too, just because of coming off seven games. And then this Lakers series, they play every other day. So they got to find a way to bring Kaminga back in, get Dante DiVincenzo back involved. Um, maybe some more Moody. They got to play Moody more. He was the only one giving them quality minutes out of those three and Jordan Poole. And, but they just kept going back to Poole. I, that was really baffling to me. Um, but I think Poole, too, could have a better series against the Lakers just because they're slower. The Kings were such a tough matchup because they're so fast and their guards are so high level. Yeah. And the Lakers just don't have that. The problem the Lakers are going to give them is size, especially with Anthony Davis. They're going to have, you know, with the Kings, they had Sabonis, and that was actually, he was getting played off the court. That was kind of a weak point for the Kings. But now the Lakers have an advantage at that position with AD. So that's going to be the, the change the Warriors are going to have to make. That's going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. Basically the lake or the Warriors are going to need to pick up the pace. That's how they'll get layups. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas the Lakers will want to slow it down. So be the opposite of the Kings. And then what the Lakers are going to do is they're going to try to take away the three and then take away points in the paint or layups they're going to try to squeeze the Warriors into long uh, mid-range shots. And so that's where it does become tough because even if you you can get an advantage out on the three-point line, but then it's like, where are you going? You're going into LeBron and AD in the paint. It's tough, to, tougher to score. Um, but I do think you're right. I think it the, the series does – this series will allow um, faster guards to play because the whole goal is to, to wear down – LeBron and AD, if you're the Warriors, you want to wear them down. But let's zoom out a little bit macro-wise. I think that this series 
is as important to win for LeBron and Curry as a finals is. Like even if neither team, even if let's say Lakers or Warriors, whoever win, they get beat by the Nuggets in the next round. It's it's still as important as winning a finals for LeBron and Curry because this will be used as a talking point for who is better. Even though Curry actually has a 3-1 lead head-to-head with LeBron, people put a bunch of caveats on that, which you know I I always think is just so hilarious that people cry about the Warriors getting KD. And it's like LeBron, his whole career is literally about teaming up with superstar players. And then you're... Yeah, are totally swapping rosters. You're crying because the Warriors... Like they didn't, they didn't do what LeBron did with AD. They didn't go break up a franchise to get an all-star player. They literally had Harrison Barnes who melted in the 2016 finals. He was five of 32. And they said, Hey, who's the best replacement? Oh, Kevin Durant's the best replacement. He's a free agent. Let's sign him. So anyways, I mean, nobody's going to feel bad for the Warriors, but it lest we forget LeBron booted Andrew Wiggins. He said, get the Cavs drafted him number one. And he immediately had him traded so that he could get Kevin love. So, so yeah, that's true that um, LeBron dropped Wiggins, but how about this? The Warriors let go of D'Lo to get Wiggins. (laughs) So this is the D'Lo revenge tour against the Warriors. It's the Wiggins revenge against LeBron. Uh, there's, there's it's some the fun. second stint for D'Lo as a Laker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nick Young played on the Lakers and the Warriors. I don't yeah, know. I, I'm those. with you, though. I just don't agree with that. So, I mean, he he destroyed the Pelicans to get AD. He t- he swaps teams midseason all the time. They you the reason they use that argument is because deep down they know what me and you know. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I will push back a little bit. I don't agree with you um, about the this is more important than the finals. I agree with you that they will be judged that way, the way you're saying. I do agree with that. It will be, it will always, whoever loses, it will always come up as a argument for why the other's better. But I think no matter who wins this series, if they don't win the championship, it it kind of is null and void. That's my my opinion on it. I think it, they have the person has to get the ring as well. I think because that it's would... the it's the culmination of you know this is the step to that that final apex. Yeah, that would totally amplify the um, this particular series for sure. I think it would yeah. take it would take winning in this series and make it mean that much more because it's like, Oh, you beat, you know, if it's oh LeBron beat Curry and then won a finals or Curry beat LeBron and then won the finals, then it becomes, you know, such a exponential like talking point of this is why so-and-so was never on their level. But here's my other prediction. The uh, LeBron is 38 is going to be used regardless of the outcome. So if they win, it's going to be, look at the king at 38. Look at what he's doing. And if they lose, it's going to be, you know, I mean, the king is 38. What, <laughs> I do, you mean, ex- what do you expect him to do? 38. I mean, 
<laughs> yeah, it's stupid. Let's bring Dave on. We'll loop him into that uh, discussion, and then we're going to do a little uh, post-mortem of the, the Bucks and ask Dave what his thoughts are on that. All right, we've got Dave Drury back with us. Dave is a diehard Bucks fan, huge Giannis fan, and um, Dave hasn't been doing too well lately. Uh, it was a big disappointment. <laughs> Um, and honestly, I mean, Dave, I feel your pain. I mean, I I've read articles that you have written about Giannis and how great Giannis is to the NBA. And I was right there with you. I was cheering Giannis on every step of the way when he won the championship. And I picked the bucks to be my finals contender this year. I'd not only picked them because I thought they'd be my finals contender, but I wanted them to be my finals contender as a head and heart pick. And so I'm feeling your pain, but we wanted to bring you on to give us a little postmortem of the Bucks. Uh, so real quick, just give us your brief thoughts, and and then we'll we'll kind of circle back to that. But Dave, welcome welcome on to lowering the rim. Great to be back with you guys, and I feel you know contractually obligated to say I'm actually a Pacers fan, but you know in <laughs> like like many Pacers fan. Uh, you know, I have to cheer for somebody else this time of year. Uh, and so uh, the, 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 it's, so it's sort of like saying like, you know, who, who is my high school sweetheart? Well, that's, so the, the, the Pacers are my first wife in a way. And, and uh, I, I always have a special place in my heart for them once they finally get their act together. But uh, yeah, uh, it's rough. Um, it's, it was a really bad, bad, uh, bad series on almost every possible level. Um historically bad and i'm sure we'll talk about that yeah okay well let's put a pause on that just for a second because dave we do want to get your thoughts on round two predictions we are disappointed that the bucks aren't aren't in it but it is what it is so we got to move forward round two is all set we're recording this monday night at around 8 eastern at this point so the celtics and sixers are playing right now and uh later on we'll have the the nuggets and Suns who have already played a game uh, but the other matchups are the Heat and the Knicks. Um, and then the Warriors and the Lakers just got set yesterday. So, Dave, what are your thoughts uh, heading into round two? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I think people that make their bones uh, predicting have had a bad um, spring. Um, <laughs> I feel, you know, March Madness trained all basketball people to expect the unexpected. But typically, and I've made this point with you, I think I might have even made it last time I was on you guys, the NBA playoffs are a little bit more predictable. And you actually have, in some sense, um, uh, you know, even if somebody makes, even if there's an upset in the NBA playoffs, usually it's the top few teams that actually win the championship. And there's really only a couple Literally, you can count them on one hand, exceptions to that. So it'd be interesting to me if it goes back to normal, which, as you know, Ian, I I think is better for the league because I think the regular season should count. I, I disagree with Dre Green on, on that. Uh, but uh, however, um, if it continues like it has, who knows? Who's going to win what? In fact, I saw that if you actually take the original ranking of all of the eight teams who remain, uh, it would actually just be a one through eight ranking. Uh, so that means that basically half of what we've seen has been the lower seeds winning uh, and in some in pretty dramatic fashion. Which is the first time in NBA history that in round two that all eight seeds were still represented. 
Uh, yeah, numerologists would love it. it just lines okay. up perfectly. Yeah, yeah, what does that mean? What does yes. that mean? The stars are aligning and we have Steph and LeBron. Oh, the NBA script writers, as I have told you, are loving that. That is going to make the ratings go through the roof. So, so who do you like? I mean, it's crazy that the Heat, either the Heat or the Knicks are going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals, which is just wild to me. I mean, I never would have guessed that. But, but what do you, who do you like in these series? What are you looking for? Yeah. So, I mean, I, th I think it's probably time for us all to start taking um, Jimmy Butler seriously. And, and I think that if anyone thought it was just a fluke and the Bucks were stupid or something, um, you know, they were disabused of that thought by the first game uh, in New York where Jimmy Butler owned uh, again, played a great game, but then more importantly, Kyle Ra Lowry of, of all people uh, was part of the zombies. Um, they just, yeah, they, yeah, they're, they're crazy. They're definitely 16 game uh, um, team. And so I don't know if the Knicks are going to get it back together and if Brunson will get back on it. Um, it turns out that, that uh, um, they didn't do so well. I think that Miami could win that one. Um, I think they're going to continue to do that and continue to shock the world. And, uh, and I definitely think Phil, uh, Boston will take Philadelphia out because Embiid, it sounds pretty dismal for him in that situation, but maybe they're just holding him back for the first game tonight. I think Phoenix doesn't have enough depth, just like everybody says, uh, for Denver, my Denver was my pick to go to the finals. I think that they're, they're probably going to be underestimated in every series they play, uh, this year, I think they, some people thought even Minnesota might give them serious trouble, which they didn't. Um, and then, um, the hardest one is the one that is, is must see TV and that's Lakers golden state. If it's a six game series, I think Lakers could win that. Um, if it goes to seven, um, I think it's golden state, um, just because of the, the home court advantage is that much of a difference there. And because, of LeBron's age. I don't think LeBron wants us game seven game. Um, but man, I think that one could go back and forth. I think they could both steal a game at the other's arena. Uh, it could, it could continue to be topsy turvy. So, but I'm cheering for nobody other than really good games. And I kind of secretly hope that, uh, uh, LeBron and, uh, or Curry get another ring just to make all our greatest of all times discussions more, you know, fruitful. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And we, we, in another pod, we need to run through your actual metrics for determining the greatest of all time. Oh, I would love to hear that. That would be very entertaining. We'll, we'll do that in the off season. Oh man. Uh, LeBron. Yeah, I don't update that until July every year. So it's, it's still okay. static to last year. So we got to see one of those guys. I mean, both of them are moving up. Uh, yeah. Curry's moving up a lot. Uh, yeah. So yeah, man. Game seven at Chase Center without Kyrie Irving. I don't know, Dave. I don't know if that, that would, that's the – without your security blanket, that'd be a tough one. Okay, Dave, how about this for our, our buddy Zach? Drew and I were talking about this earlier. Kevin Love <laughs> looked like a difference maker for the Heat in game one against the Knicks. So you're yeah, telling yeah, me two Cavs, quarterback, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, Aaron Rodgers hasn't played yet. Kevin He's the Love? best uh, quarterback in New York right now. Wow, Kevin Love. <laughs> 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 oh, 
I probably about the same age as Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, those guys are <laughs> no, he's younger. Yeah, he's, he's younger. He's younger. Aaron okay. Rodgers is your age. Okay, he Kevin Love maybe looks a little older, but he's, he's not. 40. What is he? He's like 36, 30. I mean, he's got to be up there. He's old in NBA years. Yeah, that's what well, I mean. NBA, and of wise, course, he was a old. cast off, a buyout. You know, I don't yeah. know if he has just a great agent or something, but he got a buyout and then got to play on a team. And the Cavs are in Cancun. And love <laughs> is up there with his, you know, all gray heads like me are enjoying seeing him out there actually putting the hurt on the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. Oh, man. It Ridiculous. is fun. It's fun watching playoff games at Madison Square Garden. I'm happy for the Knicks because it makes playoff basketball really, really exciting. Just seeing that that arena with all those stars out and they, they've got great fans. Uh, Drew, anything else you want to add to the playoff or the round two before we jump into kind of dissecting what happened to the Bucks? No, let's go. Let's go, Bucks Heat. Okay. All right. Um, Dave, pretty simple question. What happened to the Bucks? Uh it it's depressing. And my my daughter's actually a bigger Giannis fan than I am. Uh and and like like I said before, you know, I'm it's sort of my second team and my I I definitely cheer for Giannis to do well, really love his story. So there were I mean it how bad was it? I mean, the half court system they have, which some people have commented on before, just kind of seemed broken. Uh the only way they consistently seem to be able to score is in transition, um, which is not very often. Uh, and the Heat shut that down a lot too. Um, the real problem historically is Coach Bud just doesn't seem to make adjustments, um, which is an ongoing trend. He's just very rigid, dogmatic is the word some people use. Um, the perimeter defense is really bad. Three, they I think they're one of the worst defending the three uh, among playoff teams, and everybody knew that, and so the, the Heat really attacked that. I'm suspecting that would have been a major problem if they had gotten around to playing Boston and um, and or New York, Cleveland, whoever they would have played in the next round. Um, so I was worried about that. That was probably the big thing where it was like we knew that was a problem. Um, but in the final two games, especially the last game, the free throws, the turnovers, the rebounding was just all atrocious. And... Um, it was so bad. I looked up like, is this the worst series like of all time? And of course, that's an overstatement because um, there's some really bad ones out there. But all of the one, all of the first seeds getting lost to an eight is a really interesting cons- comparison. And there are ones like when Derek Rose got injured uh, against the Sixers. It kind of doesn't count. I mean, it's, you've got your MVP caliber dude gets injured. Um, you know, you kind of right away. And then that was just a a bad one, but the Spurs Grizz, when they went down, uh, in 2011 is a big one. And when the, um, the heat went down against the Knicks in 99, uh, was a big one. Um, but the, the ones to compare it to the most are really the 07 Mavs and the 90, not 93 or 94 Sonics. Uh, both of those were 60 plus win teams. The Mavs won more than 65 games, I think, that year, and then lost in the first round against the Warriors. The Sonics, who were just amazing those years, that's what that was my favorite team uh, that I thought actually could beat Michael and the Bulls. In fact, I think they played the best against the Bulls 
of anybody that ever played them in the finals. I, I, I'm not sure that's a big debate, actually. I thought that they could actually do it. Loved seeing Sean Kemp and Gary Payton. They were just so dynamic to watch. Um, they, In fact, they were, in, a, in some ways, when people say what, you know, like when Jeru Holiday and, uh, and Giannis uh, play together uh, in transition and in their defense, they look a lot to me like the old Gary Payton, Sean Kemp combo. They have very s- similarities, even though everybody forgets the Sonics. That's a good comp. Um, so a, I would I, say that's I the, about that. That's the best comp, I think, is the Sonics going down to the Nuggets. That's Some people remember this game because Mutombo grabbed the ball and had this like, you know, like Dade's smile on his face at the end. And it was sort of like Mutombo's breakthrough uh, on the Nuggets. That was kind of iconic. Um, I would say that's the comparison. And I would say the Mavs meltdown in seven and Sonics 94, it's in that company. And that's not company you want to be in, which is like kind of um, end of an era loss is what I would call those. Um, Or at least has the potential for that. So that's how bad um, it was. And I was super disappointed. We've been calling it in our family, me and my daughter, Giannis related depression, um so we're getting some treatment Sorry, shouldn't laugh about uh, that yeah uh gonna get some zoom it's counseling seasonal. from you guys tonight <laughs> well hey we hope this can be therapeutic and cathartic and we want to be uh listening ears and <laughs> empathetic towards the, the right, pain that right. you feel yeah um, well so, since the warriors won you, you're not a very good counselor right now it's like yeah, a merit- I'm, a, I'm a yeah. little chipper i'm a little chipper after watching curry's game seven and um, you brought up the We Believe Warriors. Come on, yeah, the We Believe. Forget Warriors. about it. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Um, you remember watching true. that series, Ian? Oh yeah, that was amazing. That was amazing. Okay, so Dave, I got to ask you this though. Um, how much? I mean, there's so many different questions I have about this Bucks team. Um, how? How much? Giannis seemed uncharacteristic in a game five after seeing what he did right in the finals, like. One of the things that I was so impressed by in the finals is he went to a level that was like, there's only a few guys that get into that kind of a zone. I mean, when he hit 16 straight free throws, that block he had on Aiden, I mean, you just go, okay, this guy is in in a zone that there's only a few players I've seen like this. Uh, One of them being Steph Curry just the other day. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But do you think the injury was part of the reason why he seemed uncharacteristic? I mean, have you heard more or read more about how bad was that injury? I mean, I know he missed a game because of it. Um, but when I was watching him play, I mean, a lot of the times he seemed like he was still moving like he normally does. Uh, but I, I don't know. What were your thoughts on that? Was that an injury? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's on the good news side side of the coin. Um, there's bad news too. I can get to that in a minute. But on the good news side... You know, Giannis did have what was kind of a freak injury that was a lot of pain, even though he could move. And so you just don't know how much that hurt him. He's not a good shooter anyway. And so uh, pain, he he doesn't look good when he shoots free throws normally, but he looked particularly like like you were cringing as the ball left his hand, knowing it was going to not go in um, on on everything. And that was true even when he would shoot like a five-footer. It just didn't leave his hand right. He just seemed bizarre. So I think we right now look at it fairly accurately because we're remembering the two games he played and seemed full strength and he looked bad 
even though his numbers were okay. But looking back on it, historically, people are going to probably think they're going to put it in the Derrick Rose camp, probably, uh, where it's like, oh, well, he was injured um, for the games. But I'm not sure that's entirely true. And we can get to the bad news. I, I will say, you know, like, I mean, this this team, the Bucks team has won more games than any other team in the NBA since 2018 by far. It's not even close. And last summer, if you, you they pulled all the GMs to say how if they, of any player, who would you build your team around if you had to start over again? And more than half said Giannis, 55%. So I mean, it clearly, you know, even if they had nobody else, this is everyone would choose to have Milwaukee's problems right now and say, well, they can rebuild with that and it could be part of the narrative. But there is a lot of bad news too coming up. Okay. Want me to get into that? I want to hear it. Bad news is Brooke is an unrestricted free agent. um, And Middleton has a player option, which means he's going to be super expensive. Um, I don't remember the numbers. Didn't look great all season. Middleton did not look great all season. Hard to pay him $40 or whatever it is um, for what he's giving you. He is probably going to be, I think, one of the most overpaid number twos. If he gives us the same year he gave us this year when he was healthy, even um, he would be one of the highest paid number twos in the league. Sounds like, um, a, sounds like the kind of player the Pacers would get. <laughs> no, the Pacers, <laughs> Pacers, our job is to be like the, you know, the development team We're the for the rest path. of the league. Yeah. So everyone else leaves us and becomes an all-star. Um, Then they're also one of the oldest teams in the NBA. They were, they were the, I'm sorry, they're the oldest team this regular season. And then in the playoffs, they played an even older group over they're over 30 in age in the playoffs. Did you see that stat? Like Mm. they are, they are, I mean, we talk about the warriors and the Lakers and other people that deal with age, but it's really, it was really the, the bucks who are old. Um, So Drew's 31 ish, I think, and talking about retirement already. I saw Uh, that. I was going to ask you about that. Middleton's like 33, I think. And Brooke is 35. How do you pay your center who already has had major back stuff and he recovered and has done well? How do you, uh, how do you, how do you bring back Brooke? I, I'm sure they're going to do it just because there's like, I mean, these guys won a championship. You probably need to help them run it back. Um, but the new CBA means that they're going to have the core if they run it back, the core, and they're going to get worse otherwise. So, like, for instance, the new CBA means they won't be able to add in somebody like Joe Ingles, who they add in this year, um, which was he was very important part of their rotation. Even in the playoffs, he played a good amount. They're not going to be able to add in somebody like that next year. And so they're in trouble because the Celts, the Knicks, the Heat, the Cavs are all likely to get better. The Sixers, depending on how things go with, um, uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name, their, their guard. Uh, oh, Maxi Harden, Harden, Harden. Yeah. yeah. Like he forgets he's in the playoffs. So I forgot his name, <laughs> but, uh, the, uh, but Harden, uh, did you they, say he's you know, forgettable in the playoffs? Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I yeah. Agree with that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, I think he just doesn't play like he's in the playoffs. <laughs> he you're does like, not. you know, he you look not. like you're playing like a January game right now. Harden. Do you know that you're in the playoffs? But, um, so the Sixers could even get better. Um, so, but all the rest of those teams are definitely going to get better. Um, and some of that's just because they're younger and their development over time. And the Heat and Knicks have all sorts of room to go after anybody. Uh, so that's scary. 
um, because those teams look amazing right now, just like we just talked about. So it's probably pretty bad news. I just I think it's possible they'll come back next year. My guess is they'll be a third seed next year. They will not be the first seed. Um, these other teams will get better, and then they'll have to have a redemption story from there. Do Bucks need to move on from Bud? It's pretty hard to argue with a guy that just won a ch- championship and who has had the best record in the league for five straight years, or not five straight years, but over five years stretch. Um, but I think it's time. I think he's shown that he, so whatever they always say when it comes to coaching in the playoffs, it's about the adjustments and who is the one coach in the playoffs who repeatedly does not make adjustments. And the only way they win is the players on the court willing them to win. That's bud. So I have, um, deep concerns. Obviously I have no sway over these things, but I, I, I don't know. It would be understandable. Um, to let him go, but he's got several years on his contract left. Uh, so you'd basically just be eating that money. Is your thought that they'll keep Middleton or do you think that they might let him walk if, and not pay that kind of money? He has the player option, so he can stay. I don't, I forget oh, I how that you. technically works, but yeah. I, he'll take the player option. I don't think I this year you. means that he'll. So, um, I don't think he would command more on uh, in free agency. Although you never know, like the Knicks uh, and a couple of these teams that have a good amount of money lying around, they could pick him up. What did you think about the acquisition of Jay Crowder? And then they just kind of, Bud kind of was like, nah, we're not using you. Yeah, that's a bizarre one. It felt like um, he was going to be a guy that he's got a lot of playoff minutes in the past. And he didn't make it into the rotation in any meaningful way in the playoffs at all. Now, it's a small sample size because they lost so fast. So a gentleman's sweep is a small sample size. I don't know if it would have worked better with another. Again, though, with with Bud, he doesn't make those adjustments where you would have thought, like, with Giannis's injury, that Crowder would make it into the lineup even more. Uh, it just seemed didn't seem to be a lot of creativity. But he was not featuring much in the last half of the season after they got him either yeah yeah that was weird. what do you think he, about it he, he was pretty i mean he was pretty important role with that Suns team until they blew it up to get kd so to just see him kind of be a nobody for the i don't know for the bucks that i thought that was strange but i guess now i mean i'm i don't follow bud as much but now that you're saying he's a very stubborn doesn't make adjustments that kind of is making sense to me now that he just he's going to ride yeah. with what he knows and not that's his reputation and it's why he was rumored in 2021 as being on the hot seat he was one of the nba coaches that they thought unless they make a deep playoff run they're going to probably let him go well guess what <laughs> winning the championship is a pretty deep they're, playoff one run they're going to make that call to nicky nurse huh so, yeah, so I don't know if he uh, um, if they put his firing on the layaway or something, but uh. <laughs> okay. So Dave, I got to ask you about um, Giannis's quote after the game because it caused a lot of media buzz. Here we and, go, and people had a lot of different <laughs> opinions on this. And it was basically a reporter asking him, "Do you think this season was a failure?" And Giannis had a really thoughtful quote. I thought it was really well done. 
um, basically about how it's not a failure. Um, I mean, I'm going to paraphrase here and you can kind of fill in the gaps of, of whatever I miss or mischaracterize, but basically that, Hey, you work hard. It doesn't always work out for you. There's steps to success. Michael Jordan played 15 seasons. He only won six championships where the other, uh, nine failures, Michael Jordan might say they were, but, uh, Giannis <laughs> is saying they're not, um, you know, and he, it was a really thoughtful answer. And a lot of people, uh, it became kind of a, uh, interesting lightning rod of where do you land on either side, uh, which I'm going to let you comment on that in one second, but let me just, the thing that really got me, I, I was kind of, I was kind of okay with all of that. But then Nike turns around and puts out kind of this pseudo ad where they quote Giannis and they say, there's no failure in sports. It's steps to success. Regardless of the outcome, there's always a reward ahead. Hashtag always forward. And then they have a picture of Giannis that says always forward. And at the bottom, it says, just do it. Now I told Drew before the game that, or before the game, before we brought you on, we were talking about this. I said, it seems like Nike is moving from a just do it to just do your best <laughs> sort of a vibe, which I think is actually counter to Giannis. I think what I loved about Giannis was he was a no excuses kind of guy. And I don't think his quote was an excuse. I don't think that's what it was meant to be. But I personally do not like how Nike is turning this into some sort of positive spin machine of like, let's promote participation trophies. That's it's so it's the opposite direction of what Giannis represents. That's my take on it. But what are your thoughts on this, this, uh, this moment that became a lightning rod for everybody in the media? Yeah. Well, I mean, I have three comments on it. One is, um, you know, everybody ought to thank Giannis for providing such wonderful content. Uh, you know, Kenny, uh, Smith called it his Ted talk on failure <laughs> in sports. Uh, you know, they, everybody was talking about it. And in some ways it overshadowed the loss. Like I, I had, there were tons of non-sports people that were sharing his speech, like people that don't even know that it's like the playoffs in the NBA right now, uh, sharing it. Uh, I as thought, honestly, Dave, I was expecting you to write an article about it. I was surprised you did not write I, your I, second I, Giannis I, article. Yeah. Giannis related depression is not good for writing. Um, <laughs> so I've, I've, I've been not writing. Uh, I, so yeah, no, I, I mean, that is good fodder. I mean, it's great for all the commentators. In fact, it made me think that, you know, um, it made me think 12 to 15 years from now, we're all going to really be glad to be watching the NBA on TNT, even though those guys will all be retired by then, because it's going to be Draymond Green and Giannis. And it's going to be great content with a really likable, you know, personality guy in Giannis and Draymond Green mixing it up every single night with his yeah. hot takes like Charles Barkley. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, that's not a bad legacy uh, to follow those guys. Of course, I don't know that Giannis will say yes to that. Dre will because he wants a camera on at all times on oh, him. Absolutely. But Giannis may say no. But, you know, so that I I, I, I do think the second thing I thought was that um I do think he um, he every player has a unique perspective on this kind of stuff. And I do wonder if some of it is his he is a third culture kid. He's an immigrant. He is a minority 
um, in his own country and then a double minority here. Um, I just don't know if maybe he has a little bit different perspective on the world than I have. And so I wanted to give a little bit of grace to say like, huh, you know, I've admired some of the other ways he looks at the world that's maybe different than your prototypical NBA player today. Um, Maybe this is a part of that. And so that leads me to the third observation, which was he, um, it all depends how people will view that quote is all dependent on what happens the next three years. If he wins one or two more championships, this quote will be grabbed from the past to say, oh, see, it was steps on the road to victory. It was a redemption story of, because Lord have mercy, that loss that is going to be a part of his story. Uh, it has to be now. He's got to wear that. Uh, just like LeBron had to wear a few, you know, horrible, you know, things. And then the redemption story of that. Um, and so I think that, that that's part of the narrative now, whether he likes it or not. Um, if he doesn't, it, if he never wins another championship or MVP, if his team never again is the first seed, um, it will be kind of too much a part of his legacy. And he'll probably wish he had never said it. It's a great take. I'm, I'm going to assume the former is what's going to happen. I think Giannis is going to have more success. And I think that'll be grafted into his uh, larger success story. So the, the other thing, and then Drew will get your take on this. The other thing I do want to say is it, it was it was clear he wasn't saying that he thought like that it was totally fine that they lost in round one. I mean, you could tell by his frustration, his agitation, right. he was, it was almost like he was pressing back and speaking perspective into himself in right. that moment. It was like, he was talking like a father to himself. Exactly. Exactly. With, and that, and I, remember his father died just a couple of years ago. So I it was not, almost like he I had fatherly advice for himself. Yeah. Yeah. And in the moment when I was listening to it, that's kind of how I, I took it is like, he's clearly not okay with what happened. He's clearly not saying, Oh no, this is fine. You win some, you lose some. He was not saying that, but it was like, he was articulating perspective in a moment where you're feeling defeat is how I first took it. And so I, I didn't like how people were, not catching that nuance yeah initially but i really did not like nike running with it as like yeah well there's no there's no socially important moment that nike can't drill into the ground yeah. for profit yeah. um so that's just the way that it goes these days <laughs> totally totally drew what what were your thoughts on that i think you guys summed it up pretty well i mean some of the context around it was when he was saying that he was clearly very frustrated he was he was not um you know he was i don't want to say aggressive but he a little bit he yeah with that reporter he was not it's almost like he answered it but he didn't want to answer that question so no he, he, he knew clearly, it was coming yeah he clearly he said, you was asked frustrated. me that last year. yeah yeah um so i think even though he says this the idea of you know just because you don't win every year doesn't mean you fail i think he does know that this was not the expectation you don't you're not a one seed you know title favorite and you get bounced in the first round so 
maybe he didn't articulate that as well, but I think he knows that this this is I know this isn't the right word, but I think he knows it's unacceptable. This is not why they're paying me to get bounced in the first round by an eight seed. Um, but my question about that, Dave, is you talked about, which I think is a great point. It the what will matter is what happens moving forward. The way people view that quote, moving forward, do you think he'll win with the Bucks? Or do you think he'll win with another team? The Maybe he's tired of the organization or Bud's coaching tactics. And, you know, this has become a pretty popular trend in the NBA to force your way out of a situation. So that's sort of that's the question I have for you. Do you see him being a Bucks lifer? Or Yeah, man. Giannis, come to Naptown. It's great <laughs> down here. They, hey, gotta, they have a young core. They have a solid young core. Oh, Harvile. man. He, his Carlisle age, the age of his coach. team would drop by eight years overnight. <laughs> and yeah, man, we need to get him down here. And, 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 you know, we have trouble attracting players from other places because it's Indianapolis. It's not as exciting, but compared to Milwaukee, we're like London. We're very important <laughs> city. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I, so I just offended all people from Milwaukee. Sorry about that. But, uh, yeah, I've been there. Um, I would, I would say, I, I, Giannis seems built a little different. Um, and so he doesn't seem to be make, he didn't make the decision the last time in a way that everyone expected. Everyone seemed to expect him to jump ship and he just set down roots. He had bought his mom a house in Milwaukee. You know, his brothers were there. It just seemed like he wanted to be a lifer in one city kind of guy from Athens to to you know milwaukee was his story and i think he's keenly aware of that i mean i would say for instance everybody else showed up to do the lebron movie what was his remake the space jam movie to shoot that with him lebron called in favors of every player that he wanted the only one he didn't get that he wanted was Giannis, because Giannis was like hey i don't want to be spending my off season with other players shooting a movie and Hollywood, I want to spend off season with my players getting better so that we can win a championship. Love it. That's it. That's an example of just kind of built different kind of guy. I would be very, very surprised if he ever leaves Milwaukee and he is the only player in the NBA other than Steph Curry. I would say that about, so I would say um, he's kind of in Steph land with that. And part of that, you know, is their commitment to him too. Um, uh, unlike Steph, uh, you know, uh, although Steph certainly wasn't, you know, he wasn't number one pick or anything, but they, they picked him out of the pile when nobody, they took a risk on him. And so in some sense, he, he plays like he owes them. So yeah, I don't think he'll leave. I think the rest of everybody else is probably going to be on the table. If not this summer, then in the next three. So I think he's playing three years from now with a completely different team and he'll be 31. Yeah, he might want to say, hey, can we swap out Middleton for Jimmy Butler? Wow. Wow. <laughs> Every, uh, everyone's saying that about their number two right now. Is there any team in the NBA that would not swap out their number two player for Jimmy Butler right now? Name one team. Not I one. No, I mean, do you do you let go of Kevon Looney? <laughs> Bro, he had 10 rebounds in third quarter alone. Seven of those were offensive rebounds. 
29th paid center in the league, Dave. 29th paid center in the league. I know you, I was texting your, uh, dear, uh, the other people who are paid more than him. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Hey, back to your, I love your, uh, your anecdote about, uh, you know, Giannis and, and LeBron and the space jam thing. I don't know if you've heard Drew and I talk about this, but we call that the difference between love of the game and love of the fame. Uh, mm. And that's what we love about Giannis. He's a love of the mm. game guy. So well done. Well done, Giannis. I'm I'm hoping that he stays in uh Milwaukee. Unless I don't know. Dave's got me excited about this Pacers move. That would (laughs) with the guys they have right now, that would be an amazing team. I really like that fit. But yeah, I think you're right. He'd probably I think Carlisle's a better coach than Bud, personally. Well, I think Carlisle's a better coach than all but maybe like a handful of I mean he's yeah, he's He's top tier. He's top tier. He's good. But he couldn't get through to on the Mavs, so yeah, that Luka. tells me a little something about Luca. Yeah, actually, that I was mean, the moment when I started to doubt Luca the most. Yeah, let's talk about this real quick. Let's talk about because Luca and Giannis were kind of like really high on everybody's list, and I, I feel like Luca's that list I quoted off. earlier about build your team around Luca was number two on that. Yeah, so so let's get into that a little bit. I know this is we're on a theme here of. Uh, players with so much potential and they're kind of catching early outs, but what, what are your thoughts on Luca? What's going on there? It feels like he's kind of losing his way a little bit. It's way more concerning um, than the Bucks situation, of course, because at least the Bucks turned it into regular season success, right? Uh, the, the Luca situation, I, I do think Luca will be on another team. And I, I don't think it will be at the end of the current contract. Mm -hmm. I think he will ask out. And I think the Mavs will have to admit to themselves that something got screwed up in Haywire. And I think the fact that their 10th worst, their, their 10th problem right now is Kyrie Irving and not their first problem, which is what I thought it would be is devastating. Uh, He's not even their problem. So that's really good for Kyrie Irving. He looks like, you know, a chemistry guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, He's, he's going to uh, get paid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That was good. Sometimes you just look good compared to who you're with. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it, in, in some sense that that's, that feels like pretty dire. What do you think about the Mavs? Well, and some of it's on the Mavs, I'd say too. I mean, they haven't done it. They've made bad moves in my opinion. They, they just have not. Uh, you know, from Chris Stapps, Porzingis to hiring Jason Kidd, um, Christian Wood. Christian Wood was a bad move. I mean, I like, I just don't see the vision. Like, what are you trying to do here? Brunson, man, how can we forget Brunson? Yeah, let- Brunson's, <sighs> Brunson's like, he's wow. the man. I mean, and they didn't give him 54 million when he's ready to sign it. Now he's making 120 million. And, if he keeps going the way he's going, I mean, he's going to be worth more than that because he's he's the leader of that Knicks franchise, a team that has been in purgatory for what two decades, something like that. I mean, uh, yeah, who, the Mavs. So, I mean, I do think some of it's on Luca. Like he he kind of has a bad attitude, but at the same time, there's some things for him to be frustrated about, in my opinion. Yeah, but who I want to know too, like who is in that organization kind of holding Luca accountable. The guy is literally not in shape at all. Like 
he is a great basketball player, but you look at we were just talking about how Giannis has not only worked on his game, but his body. It's like, I, that's a telltale sign of, do you take this seriously or do you not? You know what I mean? Especially if he's going to be your number one guy, max contract. I just, that's the, that's the other thing that I see about Luca. I'm just like, I don't understand this. The guy's just, he's not, he's a pro athlete. He's not even in shape. Yeah, he in some ways he is now the sort of the successor to what's that guy's name on the Sixers? Oh yeah, James Harden. Uh, <laughs> they're yeah. just not like, serious. They're just yeah, not, they're not, talented, but they're it, not serious. But a guy that can really throw up gaudy stacks, but man, he hogs the ball so much, and all goes through him. His usage rates through the roof. Um, I just don't know if he can learn to play another way. Harden learned to play another way in his waning years now. Really, once he went to the Nets, he figured out, I can now be a distributor who can also shoot pretty well and every once in a while do a little bit of a drive to the basket. Well, um, Luca should be making that adjustment in his career for 10 years. Uh, Luca, you know, Lucas should be up there getting MVPs. He was the favorite to win the MVP this year, which is now kind of a joke that that was even... Uh, the 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 presumption um yeah i i was i was really excited about luca in his first two seasons and really since then i've been really worried that that he was going to have a disappointing career i never thought it would be as bad as this i just thought he would get washed out of the first round of playoffs a lot they didn't even make the play in for goodness sakes this year they were an abomination yeah, I could. By comparison, that. wasn't that wasn't the Luca draft the De'Aaron Fox draft? Wasn't that the same year? Uh, it was the I don't know if De'Aaron Fox was in that draft. It was Trey Young. It was Aiton, Trey Young, Bagley, or was it Bagley? Oh, maybe it was, it was Bagley. I thought it was, it was yeah. Aiton Fox, was because everyone right. was like, "Why didn't the Kings?" Or no, you well, no. I just I remember think... the Kings could have taken Luca, and they just passed on him. Yeah, they they take they took Bagley. It's even worse. That's what it is. Okay, they took it's Bagley. even worse than like De'Aaron Fox is actually like, oh, okay, well, you know, I mean, honestly, De'Aaron oh, Fox you're looks right. way better. Fox was the year before because that's why they passed on Luca. They had their guard. Never mind. Yeah, so, De'Aaron yeah, Fox mind. looks yeah. way better than uh, Luca right now. I mean, if you're going to build a team around what what he's done yeah. with the Kings, but yeah. yeah, no, it went eight and one, Bagley to. Luca third, Luca three, and, and Trey four. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. Jaron, Triple J. Was, oh, he was triple four, J thir- three. Was and Trey was Trey was fifth. Trey was five. Okay, okay, we got. Well, anyway, I was just I was I thought that was the same year because I'm thinking like that's sort of the same timeline is what the kind of what Fox is doing now versus what Luca's doing. That was a great um, draft because that was SGA. Um, that was. Wasn't Brunson the same year actually? Because he they were both drafted by the Mavs, like they had two picks. Mm, that is a great um, draft. That yeah, that draft um, was, uh, you know, all time draft kind of situation. Okay, I've got it. Up poor Aiden, poor Aiden. Almost uh, there's like 10, 15 guys that right now you would take over Aiden. <laughs> okay, you. You were right. So it's it's eight and one, Bagley two. Luca was three with the Hawks pick, but that was flipped for the Swapped. fifth pick. Yeah. Which was Dallas. So number four was Jaron Jackson. Then it was Trey Young. 
then Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter Jr., Colin Sexton, Kevin Knox. Mikael Bridges was Mikhail drafted. Mikael Bridges, I forgot He was about drafted him. by the Sixers, and then they traded him. Wow. I mean, he would have been was great Por- there. Was, was Porter and, that year? Uh, Michael Porter Jr., yep. Um, yeah, they traded 14. him for that guy. What was his name? He never even played. Uh, Mitchell Robinson is playing him out right now. He's been great. Anthony like, Simons was that year. He was 24. He's good, too. That's a great name. Yeah. I should have named one of my kids Anthony. Anthony. Yeah, I'm not seeing. Um, did you say you thought Brunson was that year? Oh, yeah. Jalen Brunson was 33. Yeah. Wow. Because the Mavs. Yeah, the Mavs got got Jalen Brunson in there. So they man. drafted well that year. Wow. Yeah. And man, they've really fallen since then. If you redrafted that, um Simmons does that great redraft pods. Yeah. I don't know if they did that year yet, but that would be a fascinating redraft year. It would be. Cuz how high would Brunson go would be part of the storyline. Like but you're talking definitely what Brunson is top 10, but you probably top 5. In one of the strongest drafts, I mean, I think he is. You, I would take him over Trey Young. That I was the most year. Most people would right now. Yeah, that was astonishing. The, year, uh, the Warriors took, and Drew will know this, Dave. I don't even think you would know this name, Drew. That was the year the Warriors took Jacob Evans. That was Draymond Green was like, oh, this is a sixteen-game player. Evans. Is they, he an NBA player? Him? Or was I, it just I, a guy he, to be I a fan? I don't even think he's in the NBA anymore. Not anymore. He was he was probably on the Warriors for like three years. I'm they sure, thought he was, yeah. sure he was athletically like a gifted. Tucker guy. I mean, there's so many other guys that would be helpful to them, the Warriors right now. I mean, Well, that's mention, the same with uh, they could have drafted Halliburton. They passed on him. They took Wiseman. Right. Well, think if they had well, Halliburton on the team right yeah, now. Yeah, but that was – I mean, that – that was defensible at the time. Not really. He played three college games and was injured. Yeah. I mean, and they don't play big man ball. Like, well, all these decisions are defensible at the time. Yeah. To some degree. Correct. Like, and, and nobody saw that coming, you know, with, with all these players, you know, it's really the, it's, you know, I, in some ways I, I don't, I don't as much want to bash people that make bad picks in the draft. Cause everyone does that. Yeah, it's more what I love is when people make an amazing steal. It's why you got to give the Bucks some credit for picking Giannis and saying, we're willing to develop this kid who is not who he needs to be. And he won't be. Nobody thinks he will be for three, four years. You know, it's why you give credit to the Mavs for trading up uh, because they knew Luca was their guy. Um, so yeah, you got to give credit. And then drafting Brunson. You know, 33rd, that's crazy uh, that to crazy. be able to have this. Uh, whoever was running their draft board that year needs a race. They're yeah. probably not with the Mavs anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's the case. problem. Yeah, they, they got, got promoted by guys. somebody. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Dave, we're um, we're almost at an hour and a half here. And our loyal listeners, which is maybe my mom and a couple of our friends, um, will know the scores from tonight's game but i once we got into the 33rd pick of the draft in 2000 (laughs) what was that 18 we were talking no when we're even our loyal listeners may not make it this far (laughs) yeah that's a deep cut thanks for having me on yeah um but hey real quick any uh we'll know the outcome tomorrow 
or this will this won't go up till tomorrow, but and this is a Monday night, obviously. Uh, any predictions on the games tonight or tomorrow night? No, 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 no. We need series predictions, not game okay. predictions. Okay, okay. We need get, who's what's your... the conference finals? Miami, Boston, Denver, and Golden State. Oh, you you really think Golden State's going to beat the Lakers? I do. Okay, as yes, much as I sir. Yes, I think it's going to go to a game seven, and Golden State's going to pull it out. Okay, at home. That's great. Well, you know, that's a great note to end on. Golden State in seven. Let's go. (laughs) Thanks, Dave. Drew, you want to take us out? Yeah. Thank you again for listening to Lowering the Rim. We will see you guys next week. Take care.